Welcome to this episode of Von Tobel Now. My name is Andrew Crook, your host. In this session, we'll focus on the theme of food alternatives. This is long overdue. From price volatility to supply chain disruption to climate change, food production and consumption globally faces mounting challenges. So we therefore want to explore topics today such as meat substitutes, sustainable products, and the role of smart farming and technology in changing the industry's dynamics. Inevitably, these also create new opportunities for investors. So to provide various insights on these themes, we've two expert speakers for you today. Unki Ko, who's head of structured solutions and investments at Vontobel, and also our guest speaker today, Lucas Burney co-founder of Planted. Welcome to you both, and thank you for joining us. I'm keen to get a quick introduction from each of you to understand your perspective and role within the world of food and food alternatives. So, Unki, over to you. So, I'm currently heading the Structured Solutions and Investments team in Switzerland at Fontober, and our team covers financial intermediaries and focuses on providing custom-made solutions based on our clients' interests, or innovative in-house investment ideas that go along with trends and topics in the financial market. Foods as an investment topic has become very important over the last years, so we continuously work on providing innovative investment solutions for our clients on this topic. So I'm Lucas, I'm a food scientist by training, and I'm a co-founder of Planted. And at Planted, we make meat from plants. So we are a manufacturing company, food tech company, so... We, on the one hand, develop new products based on plant-based proteins to replace meat from our plates, basically. And on the other hand, we have the manufacturing capabilities to do it ourselves. Unki, let's start by understanding the big picture around why food is such a hot topic today. First of all, I would say there is demographic growth. So the world's population is expected to grow to almost 10 billion by 2050, which will boost the agricultural demand. So secondly, there is also a change and the growth in the low and middle income countries, which would lead a dietary transition towards higher consumption of more luxurious foods, such as meat, fruits and vegetables relative to that of cereals, and that will require a large shift in the output and also add some pressure on natural resources. Thank you. Lucas, thinking about what you described in terms of specifically your role and your background in terms of alternative proteins and it becoming a more mainstream concept, what are the implications for the food industry of this happening? Well, the implications are quite disruptive. It means that we will basically exchange the main source of protein that we are consuming. So today, worldwide, the main source of protein that we are consuming are animal proteins. And in order to like, reach our sustainability goals, we need to change the source of protein. We need to go change over to more plant proteins that we consume and change the protein mix. A question from my side to Lucas. There are definitely impacts on the ecosystem due to meat. So what do you think or what do you see as the main impacts um, that meat has on the ecosystems? And what are the main alternatives from your point of view? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the main issue with meat nowadays is the scale 
it has the scale the industry has reached. So meat per se, I would say, is nothing that destroys our planet. However, the amount of meat that we are consuming nowadays is just it's just not okay. So this strains our ecosystem so much that if this factory farming has become a substantial issue. And this is this is the thing that we have to solve very quickly because this factory farming uses tremendous resources. This factory farming uses a lot of input material, such as soy that, that is grown in Brazil, in the US, as, such as water that's used in big amounts for these animals. And then we use about three quarters of all agricultural land nowadays to actually for animal husbandry. You mentioned before about this disruption within the global meat industry. Maybe you can share some research and any evidence to highlight the impact of the disruption and perhaps more importantly, the expected or potential benefits from the development of alternative food and protein. The disruption will basically happen um, at the very beginning of the of the supply chain, right? So the, as I said, like we will need to, to exchange the input material. So um, in the bed, so a lot about a lot of the distribution, so coming from the consumer side. So again, like these plant-based burgers, they're very often produced on, on similar machines than meat burgers. And, and then they're also distributed in a similar way. And then they're packed in a similar way. And then the consumer uses them in a similar way. So that part of the value chain, in the best case, is, is actually untouched, and which makes it quite efficient. However, on the raw material side, on the agricultural side, and then in the primary processing side, there a lot of disruption will happen because there, instead of taking a cow, we just take soy, or we had planted, we take pea or other plant proteins. And then you texture them, for example, using extrusion to make a mince as you have for the burger. So that part will be disrupted. And this is simply due to changing the input material. Once we actually reach price parity, then the disruption will really, really accelerate. And I'm happy to elaborate a bit more on this because the price point is the main thing today limiting the disruption. Yunki, I have a question for you. It is like, what appetite do you observe in sustainable food products and what trends are driving this? As you said, meat is relatively cheap, but the price is not the decisive factor for many consumers anymore. I think what is more important nowadays is what can help them to live a more sustainable, socially and responsible life. So if you brand a product with B or if you brand a product with vegan, I think that attracts the clients, even if they have to pay a little bit more um, than, than a classic product. And uh, I think this is a very big change, um, which drives more and more to sustainability in the food sector. And the modern consumer just simply prefers sustainable food brands and, and definitely adds them to their digital and also physical shopping cart every day. Another concept that commonly gets discussed around food as a theme is smart farming. But what is that and what role do you foresee it playing in the future going forward? Yeah, so smart farming is a way to be way more efficient in the production of, of the food. And we need these more efficient food productions 
to solve the problem that I mentioned earlier, like the world's population growth. We will need more food every day. And this is a massive problem as we already have millions of people suffering from extreme hunger. So we need new solutions. And smart farming is exactly the kind of technology that could help by smart technologies and resource saving methods to fight this problem. So it could be, for example, drones that measure the cultivated areas and spray pesticides, autonomous tractors um, that plow the fields, so reduce uh, labor force and precision farming um, that will help um, to collect and evaluate these informations. All of these components are part of smart farming. A question to Lucas from my side. What are the supply chain issues that you see uh, that are to be considered amid the protein transformation now underway? So, good point. I must be honest, I actually see supply chain opportunities. The meat supply chain is arguably the most difficult supply chain in the world. Like we ship live animals from one place to another, then we we slaughter them, we take them apart, we ship the parts again somewhere. This actually doesn't really make sense and it's not really sustainable and it's very hard to manage. And again, by exchanging animal to plant as an input material for these supply chains, I see strong opportunities to make these supply chains more efficient and more sustainable, to keep them also shorter and be closer to the consumers. So I actually see a lot of upside by exchanging at input material. What should not happen is on the agricultural side that we end up then with a monocultures. So it, what shouldn't happen is that we then keep growing soy, keep growing wheat, and just have these as monocultures. What do you see as the post-pandemic supply chain issues facing the food sector? Because like there were quite strong supply chain issues of, as many of us have experienced. So what do you see could be the issues of the future? Yeah, definitely. I think this is a very important question as we are still in the pandemic and we, we face several issues in, in the special food sector, which is related to supply, to production, to the freshness of, of certain food also sectors. So I think I would say the main issues that we face now or the challenges that we face now in the today's world regarding food is on the harvest side, the logistics, the processing, go-to-market, and the sourcing. On the harvest side, this year we experienced it. It was obviously all over the news. In Europe, there's the famous asparagus growers, and crops are just rotting on the fields. So there's a massive shortage of staff. For example, seasonal workers, they are simply unable to come to the farms due to border restrictions or simply being afraid to risk infections. On the logistics side, I think that we also experience a day, everyday um, issues where we have border controls and air, air freight restrictions, which are making international transport of food, of especially fresh food, extremely difficult and very expensive. On the processing side, especially in Canada, we saw poultry farmers, which have to shut down or reduce their, their activity as there are containment measures and staff shortages that change on an everyday basis. So here we see, for example, um, a reduction of around 12 to 13% of the poultry industry in Canada. Also, the next issue would be the go-to-market, where out-of-home channels are seeing a massive decline as well. 
and the sourcing side supermarkets they have amazing figures but they are understaffed and under delivered so they face this issue on an everyday basis so i would say yeah these five are the main issues that we are facing at the today's post pandemic world thanks and why should all of these trends that both yourself and lucas have talked about matter to investors yeah so with new sectors appearing due to several challenges and changes that we see new sectors also grow especially in the food industry so i think there's a big shift as well there are new companies emerging and that is definitely a part that the investors would like to take as well in their portfolios so the main focus on assets that the clients are focusing now investors are focusing now are definitely the increasing food security and also tackling the climate change so while investors previously were mainly invested in global agribusinesses or the larger food manufacturers uh, in their portfolios now there's a shift um, and there's a big interest in businesses of farming with different focuses so there's definitely a growing number of companies bringing these new technologies and ideas into the one previously maybe more slower moving food and agriculture sector and the choice for investors is widening thank you have you seen any new or innovative ways that investors are actually implementing specific views on food and the sector overall yes so i think here the key is that you have to source such companies in the new food sectors there are many new companies which are smaller which are startups so i think the key is really to bring these companies to the investors and allow grant them the access to such companies so there can be of course direct investments and funds and ipos but i think uh, it's also interesting to mention a lot of financial houses are creating for example their own static or dynamic indices which is based on either a client specific request or backed by a strong in-house research and that will allow access to the new food sectors mentioned earlier in a more diversified and well monitored way and maybe also another interesting way is to invest in companies that are involved in creating new technologies smart farming or production more for example logistic technologies Thank you both of you some really really interesting comments and clearly huge scope for consideration and change and investment going forward so thanks so much for your time and providing such practical takeaways for our listeners and I hope everyone tuning into the podcast has learned something new thanks again for your time and we look forward as ever to connecting with you again soon on future podcasts on other themes of interest thank you This recording is for information purposes only, and nothing contained in this recording should constitute a solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any investment instruments, to affect any transactions, or to conclude any legal act of any kind whatsoever, except as permitted under applicable copyright laws. None of this information may be reproduced, adapted, uploaded to a third party, linked to, framed, performed in public, distributed, or transmitted in any form by any process without the specific written consent of Vontabel. To the maximum extent permitted by law, Vontabel will not be liable in any way for any loss or damage suffered by you through the use or access to this information, or Vontabel's failure to provide this information. Our liability for negligence, 
breach of contract, or contravention of any law as a result of our failure to provide this information or any part of it or for any problems with this information which could not be lawfully excluded is limited at our option and to the maximum extent permitted by law to resupply this information or any part of it to you or to pay for the resupply of this information or any part of it to you. Keep in mind that past performance is not a reliable indicator of current or future performance and forecasts are inherently limited and should not be relied upon as an indicator of future performance. Today's guest speaker is not an employee or representative of Von Tobel. The views expressed in this recording are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and or policies of Von Tobel.